Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com Petrie plays the puck into the corner. Drew in. Off the board. Philip Deneau. Up top. Sherratt. To Petrie. Shoots. He scores. From the goal line, Jeff Petrie with a seeing-eye shot that gives the Montreal Canadiens a 4-3 lead. As you can hear, it's great, it's fantastic, and Montreal is back. We're one game from the playoffs, just like it was last year. You're listening to Patrick Bexel and Anton Rosegård from Sweden. Because in Sweden, Anton, no one really writes about the Canadians. No, exactly. And uh, there are two huge Canadian fans who, who sat up until 5 a.m. this morning and, and cheered for the Habs, and it turned out it was worth it, wasn't it, Patrick? It really was, and I'm sure there were a few more of us. Uh, but, but yeah, it's really. Uh, I tried to find something about the Montreal Canadiens in the Swedish papers today, and mostly it was that oh, Sidney Crosby is one game away from being eliminated, and uh, Patrick Hornquist scored a goal. And I mean, like, I like the Hornquist story. He's he's Mr. Irrele- irrelevant from his draft, so you know now he's playing top line minutes with with. Uh, Sidney Crosby, and it's a great story. He got two rings, fair play. But but you know this is this is the emergence of a new Montreal Canadiens. Really, uh, we have seen Jeff Petrie, and and I'm on, on on the board where it's like pay him whatever he wants. We're going to keep him. Uh, I love the guy. I love his wife's uh, Instagram and and uh, feed. And uh, I hope you all have seen when when the kids saw Daddy score last night because it was great. It was a fantastic game winner, and we've spoken about Sidney Crosby. That is a Sidney Crosby goal. It really is. And uh, who needs Cole Caulfield, right? I mean, we have Jeff Petrie who can score exactly the same kind of goals. No, uh, all jokes aside, it was just amazing and incredible and very surprising. I mean, we know that Petrie can shoot. We've seen that several times, but from that angle... I mean, it just puts another dent in Matt Murray's record in the playoffs. Um, and uh, once again, he was outplayed by by um, the wonderful Carey Price. Yeah, we, we, we've seen it before. We, we, we've seen it uh, over and over again. And we will see it uh, for the foreseeable future, most likely, that Carey Price is what brings... Canadians forward and what gives Canadians forward the, the chance to win a game really um, it was built a, a little bit by by community last night though I think sure Carey Price held the, the, the game close 
and you can really see when when Kerry gets that oh we scored four we're not we're not losing on my watch and and it's like he he gets into a new level uh, level 11 you know for for all the spinal tap fans out there but but you can tell that he really was on and for once I wasn't really worried in the end it was really weird but but I wasn't yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like Kerry was extraordinary. It wasn't him who won the game for Canadians. It's just uh, very calming to have him back there in situations like this because you know he has the experience to just be that uh, last gate of defense when you need him in this kind of situation. And actually, I think it was actually. Um, you could see when you were watching the uh, the Penguins bench in the third period, I mean, something wasn't really right there. And I think that when they were 3-1 up uh, halfway through the second period, they just felt like this was in the bag. And now it would be 2-1 Penguins and they would just walk on by to, to the next round. Uh, but when the Canadians as often happens with this team, came back and and <laughs> got back from two goals down to, to win it. Um, it was just, when you saw Mike Sullivan and Malkin and, and Crosby on the bench, it was just very, it just didn't look like they had that kind of grit in them to just come back into it the way the Canadians did in the second period. Malkin really has been a disappointment. He, he, he scored last night... Uh... Or at least he, he got a point on on uh, Hernquist's goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it it really is Malkin and Crosby that that carries the Penguins, and they're supposed to be outscoring the opponents. They've always had that thing that they're gonna outscore the opponent. And are we seeing two fantastic players, two generational type of players, actually getting into a decline? I don't think so. I mean, it's normal when when a couple of the best players in the world have have a lower uh, lower tier period or where, where they just look a little human. It's normal to say that they are declining. But I mean, Crosby is only thirty three, and Malkin is what thirty four. Um, I think they will play for several more years and, and be uh, dominant in the. But in this situation, right here, right now. I mean, maybe they would just benefit from having a few other players pick up the slack, and they don't really. I mean, this is a team that's built around those two franchise marquee players and Chris Letang, and when you don't have anyone else just coming through um, to just... Yeah, we had... they. That was why they traded for Jason Zucker as well, because they needed someone else who could just come into the playoffs and, and produce... And he scored a goal last night as well. He scored in the two latest games. But yeah, it's just it was just interesting to see Crosby and Malkin look human against uh, a Montreal defense that we have seen been shaky for yeah the whole season long. It's also interesting. Uh, there were some comments out of Pittsburgh just before the game where they said, or, or just before the game, but before the game, um, where they said you don't want Carey Price in a best out of three competition on the other end of the ice. And, and I think that, as, as you mentioned, you could tell when, when they were 4-3 down that they were looking a little bit lackluster. They were a little bit disappointed. They know it was going to be tough. Um, you got the hedgehog defense, as we say in Sweden, and uh, and then Curry Price on top of that behind to, to cut yourself through. And 
Um, it, it really is, when Carey Price is on the game, and he always seems to be on the game in the playoffs, uh, you know the other players will fear him a little bit. And I think that brings forward, you know, maybe what can cause Montreal to make an upset here and make an upset in in uh, maybe the next round if they go there. Yeah, I mean, we, we've known all along that if Montreal should have the slightest chance in these playoffs it's all due uh, thanks to Carey Price. Carey Price has to be on the top of his game at least yeah four nights in each playoff series and three nights here. Um this uh, that is how the Canadians will win because the defense still isn't um stable enough to to carry this team and the offense is still evolving i mean it's not perfect yet and we there are no real marquee players so this is a young team up and coming team and every playoff game they get is a bonus at this point but i mean i i have to say when we were getting into this play-in series i was all rooting for for montreal to well to fight uh, gladly take it to five games, but then to lose and have the ability to to draft a marquee player like Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, now I'm not so sure anymore. I kind of want to see this team make a run for it. And it was interesting to hear what Paul Byron said last night as well in the interviews post game. I mean, he's 35 years old and he doesn't know when he will get the chance to play a playoff series again. So, and that goes for a lot of uh, players in the Canadians. We have Jeff Petrie. Shea Weber, Carey Price, players who are all in their 30s, and we don't know if they will be back here when this team is at its best. So, of course, they want to grab every opportunity here. Um, so, so let's go for it and uh, just see how far it can take us. You mentioned an evolving team. There were two players that really took a huge step forward with, with every game so far in this in this uh, series. But Jesper Kotkaniemi and Nick Suzuki has really taken big step forwards. They, they've matured as players. They've built from... I think this um, break from hockey has really, really helped them. Partly uh, in order to build up some muscle, but also recovery. You've got to realize that these are young players and playing 82 games in, in the toughest league in the world it's going to put a damper on them. So so getting that break and getting a chance to recover before the playoffs has really, really helped them. And they were rewarded a little bit by Claude Julien last night as well when when he shifted up the, the, the alliance a little bit and you saw that um, Nick Suzuki got, got time with uh, Gallagher and Tatar and uh, then you, you moved Kotkaniemi up and... and uh, uh, with Ra. And then, you know, it's, it's it's all these things that keeps happening. And I think it's very, very beneficial for, for first and foremost, for, for Kotkaniemi to have played with Byron and Lekkonen that are solid all over the ice. But, but then you can see when he gets the chance to play more offensively, he will do that and it will benefit him and it will benefit the team. Um, I was not crazy about the Jesper Kotkaniemi pick. I know why why they took him at the time. Uh, he's turning me around really, really. I mean, like I was impressed getting uh, getting him to play in the NHL his first season, uh, and and that was amazing. And and seeing him develop, and especially after this break, seeing him develop, how he took the time in Laval and built from that, and coming into this play-in series, it's been amazing. 
Yeah, exactly. Because as you say, um, I mean, it's amazing to, to watch both Suzuki and Kotkaniemi and the confidence they play with. But Suzuki has been really good for for a rookie this season. We have to remember that Kotkaniemi was under under the ice, really. I mean, he was freezing cold and got sent down to Laval because he didn't produce. And that is normal for a sophomore guy who's who wasn't even 20 when when this season was was undergoing. But as you say, he took the time in Laval in the right way, and he seems to have worked a lot on just moving into his his bigger body and just being comfortable in it. And it just it's very reassuring to watch him now, and it just makes you feel like there won't be that need for getting for just overdrafting a center for for years to come if just Suzuki and Kotkaniemi continues to develop on this path. Yeah, let's face it. Right now, we have um, Dolmi as a fourth line center. Yeah, and, that's incredible. And that's what. No, yeah, it was not something that we we thought would happen uh, this season. And he's an unrestricted free agent. And, and you know, is it worth trading him this summer? Is it worth trading him at the draft? It's going to be so many things to see here. I'll. I'm, I think he's been great here in Montreal. I don't want him to to go, but I can see. Uh, a hockey decision that makes it worthwhile training him again. Yeah, exactly. And that is a guy who who scored 70 points a year ago uh, and was the Habs' best best producer uh, last season. And yeah, uh, it's just a matter of, I mean, you can't really, you can't have too many good centers, centermen, of course, but I mean, you can't also pay a guy who will play um, bottom six minutes, five or six million a year. So it will be a question of just cost versus uh, and what you can offer him uh, just in ice time. But I, I need to I need us to show some love to Jonathan Drouin as well. I mean, it's just it's Drouin is up and down and up and down. And when you thought that he had uh, just turned it around uh, this season, he got an injury that held him sidelined for several months. And he has been kind of invisible during these play-in series but at least he scored last night and that that was the beginning of the turnaround for the Habs last night and it was just great to see yeah his confidence was really boosted by that goal um, a classic tip in from <laughs> very close in uh, it's not something you associate Jonathan Duran with but but no. it was really really important and uh, I think it was was it 10 minutes later in or in the next period where he he got off a howitzer that was blocked and and, and deflected mm. out of, but that would have burned a hole in the net if if, if it went for it into the net at least. But yeah, it, it was great to see him, and I think also the the um, the emergence of these two young players and Drain coming back like this is um, you have a luxury asset with with Phil Dunant. and and suddenly yeah. you put him with Paul Byron and, and Lekonen and. And you're gonna have a terrifying third line that other teams don't want to face. And uh, if we give love to, we, we should give love to all the team, the whole team. Let's be honest with that. But but Claude Julien just he really used the last change last night as well to get the matchup he craved and he needed. And I think that also spoke Williams. And and then he started to shift around and getting Suzuki and Kotkaniemi up the lineup and and putting Dano in. Uh, it's it's it's. It really showed some some fingerspitzgefühl, as we say here in Europe. But but it was great, and and I think it's really really 
um, speaks volume and it gives him confidence for the two upcoming games as well. Yeah, because we have to remember that the Dano line, as talented as it is with Gallagher and Tatar, hasn't produced during this play-in series. And that is Montreal's best line. So if you can just get those three players going point-wise as well, because they always give a solid 200-foot game when they're on the ice. They are always a nightmare for, for the opposition to face. But if you can get those three going um, production-wise as well, maybe change it around a little as they did last night, um, that will be a, a, a dangerous team to, to face. They will compete for, for 60 minutes per night. Yeah, the problem will be who comes up on top and, and the seeding order in the round-robin games that go, are ongoing. And, and uh, there are some crazy results in that series as well. And I think it, it really shows that a lot of teams has, um, you know, it takes time to adjust and get get gelled back together after that long of a break. But also the parity, there was a lot of talk about winning the first game means that you win the series. And the parity between the teams um, nowadays with the cap and with the cap floor and everything, it's, and especially you're taking out the home crowd as well, you, you're going to get a much more even games that, that you know, Will, will benefit some teams and probably benefit teams that gel together and are not as reliant on getting that push from the fans or carrying over um, the intensity from, from, from the stands. Yeah, because if, if there is one thing that we've heard and seen during the last two years for Montreal that can benefit them in, in playoff series like these, it is that they are a very glued together team. They seem to enjoy each other's company. They seem to enjoy just being hockey players in Montreal. And that is not something that we've seen um, during like during earlier years. So so this could actually I mean, if they go on through to win this series against uh, the Penguins, um, I think that they will be even more glued together and just feel like, I mean, we will at least go down fighting uh, in this playoff. And as you mentioned earlier, this is valuable experience to bring with you uh, into next season. That will come very fast with a quite nice addition of uh, of uh, Mr. Romanov uh, as well mm. to to be able to to get into the team and really he he will fit into the team. It's obvious now. He will go into a second or third pairing and and uh, build from there. I think and obviously he's before he said that. He looks up to Shea Weber, so so you know you're gonna get someone to really mentor him in and what it become what it means to become a professional in NHL and and to have that kind of consistent level that Shea Weber has. Yeah, it is a wonderful time to be a Habs fan if you look at it that way. As you say, Romanov coming over this season, then you have Cole Caulfield and Matthias Norlinder just standing by waiting in the in, in the junior league for a, or like in, in college for a Caulfield and in the Swedish Elite League with Norlinder. So, yeah, and as, my, as you mentioned, Norlinder, uh, there are other prospects as well, obviously. Uh, Str um, uh, Struble and uh, Harris, and, and there are some great prospects coming through all through the ranks. We've got Jesse Ilonen that I spoke with earlier this week, but especially, I think you mentioned Norlinder, and, and here in Sweden, uh, one of the uh, Reporters put together his breakout of the year list and number one on that list is Matthias Norlinder. I'm not as sure, but it's a great story uh, to talk about and uh, we're going to finish off with that. And in regards to it, it is the fact that 
Matthias Norlinder goes into a stacked Frölunda team that had problems with um, with role players last year. Not everyone accepted their roles un- unless it came to the playoffs, and and you saw that in the CHL where where they actually did win. Uh, but there, everyone bent to the rules and wanted to achieve success. Whereas in in the series, they were a little bit lax with it. Matthias Norlinder will most likely play on the second pairing. Uh, I have no doubt he can play the same way as he did in in uh, um, in Alsenskan last year, and um, I've spoken to Roger Runberg, and it's one of the pods that we have here as well, in one of the dispatch pods, and he says really that uh, I want Matthias Norlander to play like that. So yeah, that's he, great to have a coach that believes in in the way you play, and that has you know brought you in because of the way you play your game, and doesn't try to transform you into a more safety first kind of defenseman. And what really what I really like as well is that we've seen what Frölunda has managed to do with with defenders lately, um, not just uh, Dalin but also Jacob Movera. That I think a lot of uh, of, of the um, pundits and and the fans will take a look at when he comes through and, and joins the LA Kings, uh, because he has evolved as a player over two years here in Sweden, and it's really benefited him, and it shows that Frölunda really can develop talent on the back end as well. Uh, Matthias Norlinder, yeah, uh, I think he will have a great season. I'm not sure he's going to have the breakout season. And can it really be called a breakout season after all the highlights goal that he, he gave us last year? Yeah, exactly. And But, but uh, as, you, as we've seen as well, just gaining valuable playing experience in one of the top leagues in Europe will just be great for Norlinder, just as we saw with Romanov last season. It will just be another step towards where we want to see him in a few years, and that is in the NHL with the Montreal Canadiens. That's true, and we're looking forward to tomorrow's game. This is recorded on Thursday afternoon in Sweden. It's been sunny, it's been great, it's been not a thought about hockey, really. Uh, <laughs> hockey will start in about 30 minutes again, and, and I'm all excited for it. Uh, but Listen to this just before tomorrow's game. And um, what do you think? Get hyped. Get hyped before game four when we were going to kick out the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to put the Penguins back in the zoo and uh, continue forward into the real playoffs. And uh, we're all looking forward to it. I know some of you are are crazy about Lafreniere and so am I. But I think it's, it's really, really interesting to see a Montreal Canadiens team that makes you smile again. Exactly. It's been a it's been a while. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll get back shortly when this series is over, uh, either with a happy thing because we're in the playoffs, or a happy thing because we might get Lafreniere on Monday, as NHL will have, uh, announce the winner of the draft lottery. Then have a good weekend.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.